What's up guys? This is Daryl Terrell with The Real World and today I have the owner of a limitless apparel company, Juan Paredes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So how did you get started with owning and running a fitness company? Um, apparel company, I should say. It was in a 2018 is whenever I first kind of started the process. Um, at that time, I was kind of going through, me and my family and myself was kind of going through kind of a rough patch. Mm -hmm. um, like I suffer a lot from anxiety and depression since I was a young kid. Mm -hmm. And there was a good like eight months where I was just pretty deep into my depression. And I just didn't know really how to get out of it. I've always kind of been pretty easy in my past just to kind of, you know, when it came to fitness or going to counseling or, you know, anything like that, that might help it. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I think I was, I just, you know, I didn't really have the answer. And so I've been working in the oil field for about 10 years now. And at that time I was working anywhere from 75 to up to 95 hours a week. Wow. And then, so it was just, you know, I was working a lot and making good money. Uh, at that time, I've been wanting to do the, the brand about three years prior to that. Just, I don't know, something, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to kind of do a brand and create a message. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, my wife was going to school. And so I feel like whenever I joined the old field, I kind of just put all my I did it more for the money to support my family more. Right. Uh, I was a carpenter for about eight years prior to that, and that's basically what I, I at that time what I liked to do. And I did a custom furniture on the side. So when I got into the old field, I just felt like I just lost myself. You know, my creative. Mm -hmm. It was all about just working, and you know, try to support the family. And at that time, me and my wife already we were uh, trying to have another baby. We went to uh, we went through a miscarriage early in the year 2018, and then we're just you know that kind of added to basically you know I guess you know what I was already going through. Did and you have some kind of resentment at that time just because of everything that you were going through? No, I'm I'm pretty I've I've kind of just I don't no I don't really have like I didn't have a resentment. I think to me it's just, I don't know, my life wasn't, growing up hasn't been the easiest. Mm -hmm. I just kind of take things as they come and just kind of, you know, push on through. So to me it's like, it's just, you know, another thing in my path that, you know, you know, that got, I mean, for whatever reason, I do feel like God has a plan for me and that was something that happened and it's not like I questioned him or anything like that. It's just, you know, you kind of, at that time, I kind of put more of myself aside and focused more on my wife, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. And just make, making sure she was okay. And, because uh, that was a complete shock. Like, or, you know, I have three boys. So uh, one is from my previous marriage. And then uh, he's 13 years old, his name's Kingston. Then me and my wife now, we had uh, Zane, he's four. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, and now we have, a, a you know, our last baby, which is uh, Cade. He's one, but at that time when we went through that first one, miscarriage, uh, 
it just, you know, it was kind of, we weren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. So that Zane was so easy. She had like a great pregnancy and everything was pretty, you know, pretty easy going. And, but you know, when that happened, it was just kind of a shock. Yeah. You know, and we just waited <clears throat> a couple months and we tried again. And at that time, you know, I was just kind of talking to her about that I wanted to start a brand, you know, this and that. I know that, you know, she wanted to still continue to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So, you know, it just meant that I put in anything that I wanted to do for myself was just kind of, you know, go, you know, basically has to wait. Yeah. And, and I think at that time I was just craving, I was just needing some creative escape, you know, for myself. I wasn't given anything, you know, for me. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not like I resented anybody for it. It was just, I knew what I needed. Right. And then I think she saw that it kind of like was affecting me whenever I, you know, it was like, you know, I got to wait another four to five more years mm -hmm. once, the, you know, the, uh, the kids are old enough to go to school or whatever. And then I just kind of, um, I think she saw, you know, that it was, you know, that maybe a disappointment in my face. I don't know. I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to be, but she just said, you know what, we're just going to, let's just start it. You know, yeah. we had a, she had a $1,200 credit card. That's all we had to start it. Mm -hmm. And then I just, uh, but a lot of fears came into me. It's just more, as like, do I have the time? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do I have, you know, is this, am I going to put my family in a financial, you know, burden or whatever, you know, is it, am I going to, you know, is it going to be, am I going to fail? Are people going to like it? Are people going to get the message? <laughs> I don't know anything about a brand. I didn't know, you know, basically mm -hmm. it was just, it was something that I had that I wanted to do, but I had no really, I didn't know how to do it, to yeah. be honest. So I just kind of started Googling things and just kind of uh, went from there, got the logo, uh, and then I started uh, just with t-shirts. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked uh, Travel to be my model. I didn't know him. I just, I said, I, I just sent him a logo and I said, someone gave me your name to, I don't know if you wanted a model, you know, I'm starting a fitness brand. And, and he just, you know, he, I told him what I, you know, what my plans were. And he said, you know, he agreed to do the photo shoot and my, Originally, I just started an Instagram. I just wanted to put it out there and see how people would take to it. Yeah. And during, um, I think when we first started, I uh, did the first photo shoot. It was like the end of July of 18. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was the same week or the week after me and my wife had our second miscarriage. And uh, so that just kind of, you know, added to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, Right around that, that same month, I actually quit my job where I was at. I just wasn't happy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I was making really good money. I uh, basically took another job and took about a $30,000 pay cut. Yeah. But it just allowed me more time with my family, you know, allow me time to actually, I guess, more for the brand. Yeah. And, but ultimately, you know, once we went through our second miscarriage, that one really, I don't know, it was really more kind of, the first one hit pretty good. The second one, just trying to understand, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was definitely hard for my wife. Um, we didn't expect the first one, but uh, for sure. But the second one, I think was just more, 
you know, more of it, even more of a shock. We don't really have, you know, answers and stuff like that. My, I guess my question, you know, going reverse to the first yeah. miscarriage. Um, first off, any woman that goes through a miscarriage is a very tough ordeal. Um, there's, it's hard on the relationship. It's hard on them mentally, just trying to understand the whole situation. But nothing is worse to a woman than the loss of their child. Right. So my question for you is, as the husband, what did you do to comfort her, to show her that it was going to be okay, to get to the point of her saying, let's pull the trigger on starting this brand? Um, as far as for her, her love language is, and I learned about love languages because of her. I mean, but it's just more like, you know, words of affirmation, you know, encouraging her. Or, so to me, it's just, I kind of just, you know, I didn't really think about my feelings. Eventually down the road, it caught up to me, but, you know, mm -hmm. we can, but at that time, I just, you know, I know that how it affected her. So overall, I just, you know, just comforting her whenever she's down or, you know, just trying to pick up, you know, you know, helping out more with the boys or whatever the case is just, mm -hmm. you know, overall just being more the calm one, mm -hmm. you know, not, not letting it that it's affecting me as well. Right. And I think I was just so focused. I was always so busy and I was still working a lot and I'm just, I mean, I'm, I just, I get so cut up on the grind sometimes that I just don't even focus on myself at all. So, I mean, my kids and my, you know, my, my wife and my kids are, I'm always, more than anything, I want them to be more mentally happy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not the type of guy that really worries about material things. Mm -hmm. So overall, I mean, I, that was just my main goal is just to make sure that she was, you know, you know, just whenever I can tell that, you know, she's having a rough day, then, you know, I just basically just try to make it easier on her. Right. In that sense, as far as that goes. Not as far as like, like the brand is just, I don't, I think she just maybe, I mentioned it to her a couple of times and I maybe it's just mainly more, you know, we were, we were taking a shower. We usually take, our lives are busy. So the only times I really have time to like, just kind of even have a conversation is usually cause she works at nights right mm -hmm. now. And I, I, so we usually take a shower and just we talk about the day or whatever. And then that's, and at that time we were just discussing about how I was feeling mm -hmm. and I felt like I needed to just do something and then she said well I still want to be you know a stay-at-home mom at the time and then she was like I you know I think she just saw it in my face that I'm like well, I was I said well that means I'm gonna have to wait another you know four to five years and then and and I was like okay then you know I'll just do that I don't know what she saw was you you know what let's just let's just do it I think you need this you know what I mean and just and you know we just kind of started from there yeah I mean I was kind of surprised but at the same time I don't know it's just where did that burning desire inside you come from that of all things that you could have started that it was your fitness brand um, it really, I think that this, 
it was a while back where I lost my job in the oil field in 2015. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a downturn at that time. And I was trying to figure out like basically what I want. I was trying to make it outside the oil field, outside of the oil field at that time. And I got a job, but I just, I had an opportunity to go back into the oil field and just kind of kind of start my own business. Mm -hmm. And I just, I felt, I, I was, you know, I was praying a lot and I just felt like God wanted me to do something to help people or I've always been put in a position with my jobs to be the lead mm -hmm. or you know so I didn't know what that was 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 it you know to teach somebody you know you know I, or lead something or own something to kind of give back mm -hmm. and it was I think that was just my that's honestly that's my main thing mm -hmm. it's I do it to give back not necessarily it helps me along the process mm -hmm. but it overall I I do it more for just giving back or I don't know what it is. I just felt like God wanted me to do something, but I didn't know what it was mm -hmm. at that time. When I, the brain came along, it's just, it's just, I wanted to do it. And I know that I wanted to create a message and, and my wife did ask me like, what are your, what are you, basically, what do you want it to come, you know, what do you want to achieve with the brand? And I told her, it's like, as long as I, you know, can inspire somebody the way the brand is inspiring me. And I said, it's, even if we just break even, I don't, you know, if I don't make, you know, it's not like, you know, if I can't quit my job or anything like that, this is going to support a family. I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. It's important in itself. And if I go to the gym one day and someone's wearing my shirt, then I made it. Yeah. You know what I mean, to me, that's, that's it. And I just want to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately like what my goal was at that time. I just want anybody that is listening to this podcast, I want you to understand that sometimes your dreams that you may have is bigger than yourself. I want you to think about that for a second. Sometimes your dreams is bigger than yourself. Yourself can only do so much. If you really want to be successful, you have to have people that are passionate about what you believe in. And, you know, we're listening to one who didn't have much growing up and went through several different adversities with his um, pregnancy with his wife and still was passionate enough to create something to inspire other people. So I just really wanna put it out there that, you know, it's easy to always think about us personally being successful but sometimes if you truly want to be successful, it's not just about you. So I want to say that because you're right. You're inspiring a lot of people. Um, you inspired me. I mean, I can remember all of our conversations that we had. I mean, so for you to be sitting here to me is an absolute honor because, you know, this is the 
fourth podcast I've had in three days. And every single person said the exact same thing. Everything that they were doing and wanted to do in their life was not just about them. Yeah. So, you know, to me that that says a lot. And I want people to hear that. People need to, people see, you know, your company on Instagram. They see everything on social media, but they don't hear what the person went through to make the brand successful. And that's where they get a true understanding. Wow. Two miscarriages. Most people would probably acquit. Most people probably went through a divorce. You know, there's a lot of scenarios, but you and your wife hung in there and you kept pressing forward. And now you're one of the top brands here in Oklahoma and many other places. So, but my question to you is, as long as you've been doing this at this point in time, where do you see yourself going now? How do you take it to the, to the next level? I, I honestly, I still don't really even know where the, where it's actually gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I get that question a lot. Like <clears throat> even people say like you know, you know, you're successful now. Like you're doing. I mean I I guess to me I don't even pay myself mm-hmm. uh, since of I think it was April of uh, 2019 we got to a point to where I was like, I can't put any more money in this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and it just mainly more like the brain is just gonna have to, I gotta try to make it of whatever profits I get. And and so I didn't put any more, any more of our own money into the company. Mm-hmm. And basically after we do a release, I just, you know, I had this much to work with. And then I just kind of, you know, it definitely challenged me more to be more creative, more mm-hmm. ways of, but you know, as far as like, um, what my work, you know, some things didn't work. Right. There's things where I've kind of took a risk mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe I took two steps back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, but I might get something right. I took three steps forward or four steps forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, you know, constantly just going. You know, the brain gets a little bit more. You know. A little bit bigger right. but I really don't even focus so much on uh, how big the brain is to be honest I don't I think I'm just so focused on grinding and mm-hmm. just kind of you know I work still a full-time job uh, you know my wife right now works a couple of days out of the, at nighttime so as soon as I get home you know basically you know I'm feeding the kids, give them a bath, put them to bed while she's at work and then she comes home. So like right now it's just, I just, you know, and then I base throughout while I'm at work, mm-hmm. you know, I try to keep up with, you know, the Instagram or Facebook or my wife usually when she's, she's during the day, she keeps up with the orders. I mean, so to me it's like, I don't really realize sometimes how far the brand has come until right. like I just stop and just kind of look around. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just, and honestly, Overall, where the brain is now is not really, I don't really take too much credit for it. Mm-hmm. 
for me. I don't do it for the hype. I don't do it for like, look at me type of thing. Um, honestly, the ambassadors, people that have supported it, people that, for you know, the message maybe does something for them. Mm-hmm. Overall, that's what, you know, that's who the brand is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people, you know, just like you or, or my ambassadors or people that even just place one order, even if you never reorder, like right. that helped get the brand to where it is right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's not, I don't, I don't like, you know, me just, if it wasn't for the people that actually supported it, it wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. So to me is, I don't really know how, you know, what the next step is. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't know how much bigger it's gonna get. It's really all about, you know, people, it, honestly, it's up to the people that support it and the people, mm-hmm. my ambassador, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So overall, I mean, I just, you know, I don't really have an answer to that. Yeah, I just want people to know that it took a while for Juan to get here. Yeah. Juan is an extremely shy person. He's an also even more humble person. So not a lot of people know who you are when it comes to Limitless. Yeah. What do you... What do you prefer it that way? If I'm being honest, I think first I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm, you know, kind of shy, mm-hmm. um, very introverted. Uh, uh, but at that time, I think there's two ways to kind of create a brand. Well, I mean, there's multiple ways, but either people already know you, you know what I mean? You might already have, you know, a big social media following. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can use that to kind of create a brand for yourself. You know, you already created a brand within yourself. And, and for me, like I, you know, on my Facebook and my Instagram, you know, just mainly friends and family mm-hmm. that follow me. Um, so to me is, it was a challenge, but other people can use, you know, once they get to a certain, uh, you know, their following is a pretty, pretty large, they can use that to pretty much create something and then they kind of, you know, going off of themselves, you know, branding themselves. For me, I just had it, all I had was a message. Right. So that was kind of a, you know, I, I do believe people not really knowing me. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be kind of weird for me if I just put my stuff out there. Here I am, no one knows, right. you know what I mean? And overall, I mean, to be honest, it's just, I, you know, I don't really want to like get into this subject too much, but you know, people do tend to kind of judge, you know, mm-hmm. because of where I come from, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I overall, I push the message and that's what I wanted to do. And I, you know, I knew that there will come in time where people will probably, you know, the more I work with, you know, right, uh, in video shoots or photo shoots or people, you know, eventually people will know who I am, but at the same time, I just didn't want me and people judging me just based off what I look or, you know, to just not give the brand a chance. So do you think they would judge you? I mean, just, I've grown up, you know, just kind of just being judged for basically where I come from or just being judged for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just part part of life. I think it doesn't really matter where you come from. You can be born here. Doesn't really, really, honestly, it doesn't really matter what skin color you are. I think everybody deals with that in some shape or form. <laughs> Absolutely, I just think the people that are really 
judging you are the people that don't have shit of their own that's really going on. Yeah. So it's what else are they to do but, you know, throw haterade at you or, you know, say a bad message or, you know, whatever it might be for them to make them feel better that day. I don't think I have to disagree with you. I don't think that that is about you personally. I think that's more about them. Right. You know, so, you know, you you sitting here right now and telling, you know, people your story, how could they judge that? That's right. all grind and, and, and very few days off. People don't become successful, truly successful, especially a clothing line. Do you understand how many thousands of clothing lines there is out there? I mean, there's a lot. A lot. More than I, once I started definitely doing it, I'm like, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So for you to be chugging along still, more and more people get involved with you, new faces constantly coming through, and just spreading your message is a big, big step. For someone like yourself to be doing i feel like the message is i wasn't that message if that makes any sense mm -mm, it's fine i wasn't the guy that took risks i wasn't the mm -hmm. guy to put myself out there i was a guy that always kind of you know wanted to do things but you know for whatever reason fear put me back mm -hmm. so i've always been you know what i mean that's ultimately kind of why maybe i didn't start out that way as well you know what I mean? Just putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. So I had to believe the message myself. Absolutely. So <laughs> it starts with you. So I did it. It was easy for me behind the scenes, you know. But at the same time, when I started it, I remember, you know, I was still pretty deep in my like depression at that time. I remember like getting the photos from the first photo shoot and it just. I don't know, I was just filled with this high, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, and then I'm just, and in the beginning I did a lot of photo shoots and I think it was just more like, I would go a week, a week and a half and I'll feel all right. And then I just started going down again. And I was like, I need another photo shoot. So I just didn't know, and I felt, you know what I mean? I just, I just, I was just, you know, I just- You were vibing off of it too. Yeah, and it's just, and it, it did, the brand has done a lot for me. I more, I'm more of a risk taker, mm -hmm. more of just, you know, I I was fearful of rejection. Now if someone says something negative about the brand, I just, you know, I shake it off, mm -hmm. I move on. I'm too busy to look back. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And so I, the brand is, it's has, I have to believe in the brand as well. And, and definitely in the beginning, I wasn't the brand, mm -hmm. so, when I created the message, it was a message that was basically that, you know, I I think at that time for me to put myself out there when I'm still tr struggling to be that person that that mm -hmm. message is, you know what I mean? It wasn't that easy for me to just put myself out there because, you know, I knew I pretty much, it was just more pressure on me at that time. Yeah. You know, I s slowly, and I'm still like, there's things that, you know, I might post about that I'm like, okay, you know, like just, it's it's encouraging for me as well. And when I see people support the brand, it just makes me more of the brand as well. Yeah. Like I, I don't, 
I don't think overall everybody can have a limitless mindset. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually have to be about fitness. Right. So to me, it's just overall. I mean, it's just making sure my family, my wife, and my kids, and just overall my ambassadors, everyone that supports, just overall. That's where it really <clears throat> keeps me going, and <clears throat> I just think that I don't know. As of right now, I'm just kind of just enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how far it's gonna go, but I don't know. You deserve to enjoy this. You deserve to enjoy the growth that you've made over time. It's important for your health and your well-being and just being a person. You know, as men, we, it's important for us to feel like we're accomplishing things. You know, I can remember just doing, you know, trying to find an office to do this podcast. It was just every single day I looked at countless videos on what I need to purchase, how this is going to be, how I wanted it to look, the color scheme. I mean, just the same as you picking out every piece of clothing that you push out there which the ninja outfit is pretty dope. I, have I, didn't, I didn't know how that was going to go. That is so fire. Like This last release was probably the most expensive one, and it's like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, and I just said, the hell with it. Let's just let's do it. Let's go into the hard part for a lot of people when it comes to your dreams. And that I think the hardest part is taking risks. Why was it was it easy or was it difficult for you to take that risk and pull the trigger on what you actually wanted to do? I think it was both. I think it's it was uh, hard in the fact that it's doing something that it was way out of my comfort mm-hmm. my comfort zone. Easy in the fact that I was such in a low place that I would just, yeah, that I just wanted to do something about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. Yeah. It's just, you know, I was just, I was just, I knew that I didn't want to go on the rest of my life feeling that way. So I just, you know, I felt like I just need to get this out of my system. So I was desperate enough to just do whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, get out of that funk that I was in. So overall, I mean, it was easy and hard at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to your depression, is it based on the thrill, or is it based off of what you've gone through in your life? What do you mean? Well, <clears throat> you know, as you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that every time you did a photo shoot, you, it was like getting a high. Yeah. So, is if your depression more based off of? the high of what you're doing for your brand, or is it more based off of an emotional feeling? Um, I think it was definitely both. Um, for me, yeah, I did get a high, like just, cause I used to do photography as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up kind of by drawing. Um, I think I quit when I was like 14 or 15. Um, People were telling me to enter like a drawing contest. I entered in one and I won fourth. But I was very like, I don't know why. I I didn't want to do it because I didn't think I was good enough. But people saw something that you know I couldn't see, and I won fourth. And I felt like, see, I'm not good enough type of thing. And I just kind of quit. And then when I was about uh, 
16 or 17, uh, I wanted just, I don't know why, I wanted to do photography. I had images that I wanted to capture. Mm -hmm. And one of my aunts gave me an old uh, film uh, camera. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of started just, you know, I would ask my friends to model for me. And ultimately, like, it kind of turned into, like, I did, I did weddings, I did, like, birthdays, but it wasn't, it was just mainly more people asking me. And I just did my own type of what I wanted to shoot on the side. And it, and I ended up just kind of quitting when I was like 22. So as far as the photography, it was just kind of, when I was doing the shoots for Limitless, especially, you know, I haven't done it for so long. Just when I saw the image come to life, it was just like, got me excited. It's, I knew what it feels like, you know? Mm -hmm. I like being part of the photo shoots or the video shoots. You know what I mean? Cause I, I understand also, you know, the, the talent or so the, the art in it, you know, to just capture an image. So to me, I, you know, I enjoy, you know, you know, I know what that feels like mm -hmm. and I feel it even mm -hmm. though it's through someone else, you know, doing it for me. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, that was where that high came from. It's just, I, I, I just needed something creative, you know? So even though I wasn't, you know, taking the photos, the photos, but at the same time, you know, when I saw it and I don't know, everything that I, it was just coming to life. Mm -hmm. So it got me excited. Let's go back to what you said just a second ago, because I just want to go into that. Where was the roadblock mentally where you felt like you just weren't good enough? Where did that stem from? Because, you know, everything that I'm hearing, you're obviously talented. Some of this was meant to be. You know, you drew your logo, you, you I mean, you put, you, you know, like for me, when I know what I want to do, I have that feeling inside. So when it becomes reality, I have that same feeling. What about you? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> where did this roadblock in your mind come from that you weren't good enough? Childhood. Okay. Just growing up. Because of how you grew up or that you're poor? I mean, what? I, <clears throat> I don't look at being poor like necessarily as a bad thing. It's not. It's not, it's I, just a situation. My culture and like where I come from, you know, I grew up in Mexico until I was about nine years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was poor until I came here. <clears throat> you know, I didn't really know what poor was. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely, my, mainly my, my family, my grandmother raised me when I was in Mexico. <clears throat> she was, uh, I don't know, we just, my culture kind of celebrates life. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, my grandmother just always provided what we needed. There was always love there. There was always, you know, so I don't really judge people because they're poor. I feel like sometimes the happiest people in the world are the ones that have less. So to me, it's like, I just, you know, as far as that goes, like, I'm just, I, I'm glad that I grew up, even the bad things, and mold me into who I am right now. You know what I mean? I definitely, like my father, uh, left me with my grandmother when I was about two and a half years old. Uh, I think from, you know, that time till about nine, he came to see me about three times. My mom was always there, but she went back and forth between my grandmother and her mom, my other grandmother. So ba basically my grandmother, you know, she was right. She had 12 kids of her own. And at the time when I was living with her, she was raising five of us. So she's always had children. You know what I mean? That's, that was like, I don't know. How strong are grandmas? They're, I mean, they're pretty, pretty strong. I mean, 
I, there's, you know, I, I would say that the closest thing to my grandmother, as far as like, is my wife, as far as like, you know, that's, I mean, that's a lot for me. Mm -hmm. But overall, I mean, my grandmother was definitely down to the core of who I am. Anything good in, in me is, is, is from her. growing up and feeling like you know why isn't you know my dad around or just you know I went through kind of a you know mentally and physically abused as a child I you know been through I tried to commit suicide when I was a teenager so overall coming here uh, you know not knowing any English or anything like that just kind of I don't know always being the shy kid you know, and I was, you know, I, I got picked on or, you know, for whatever reason. So overall, I mean, there's different things in my life to where like, I mean, my dad, I mean, he's, my dad's been working since he was nine years old. Uh, my grandparents took him out of school when he was in third grade. And uh, so he's, he's, he only has a third grade education. And he's probably the most, he's one of the hardest workers I've, that I've known. So I'm not like, I don't want to like speak badly about my father because I know what he went through as a child with his, you know, his dad, mm -hmm. my grandfather. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, he never like, my dad's very like, um, he doesn't really compliment you. So if you do something, he's always got something negative behind it. So I always had that mindset, you know what I mean? Is that like just, you know, never good enough. And I always, now when I look back, I always worked harder than people around me. Mm -hmm. I observed a lot. So I observed what they're doing, what they're not doing, and what I, you know, and just kind of went and went about it that way in a sense to where now when I look back, I was just, I was always good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I always outworked a lot of people mm -hmm. because I had that insecurity in me that I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, as far as that, there's a lot of things that happened in my past, I think that. And I still struggle with that, but it's easier for me now, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of. How did that make you feel with him bringing you up and then bringing you back down at times? I think as a kid, you really, when you, that's your life, you really don't know mm -hmm. anything different. When did you find, when did you finally realize as an adult, as a teenager? When I had my own kids, I think. Yeah. I resented my dad a lot whenever I had Kingston. Why? I couldn't, I, I didn't see how someone can leave their, their child, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, or even just, I don't know, I mean, I just, it's it's a little bit different, mm -hmm. you know? I'm very, but, you know. Common sense sometimes isn't common. I, I guess I'm very like, I know how my father, my grandfather was, mm -hmm. uh, from what I hear from a lot of my aunts and uncles, he was very abusive. He. You know, he was uh, basically hit my grandmother, all the kids, whenever he just came home and was in a bad mood. So to me, it's like, I know that my, my dad had it way worse. And I know that in, in, in my dad's eyes, you know, he felt like he was doing better. And I know that, you know, I know my dad's heart. And I know how, you know, mm -hmm. so overall, like I don't hold a grudge, you know, on him as far as for all of that. And, and at that time, the culture was mainly more, you know, the, you know, the dads, the husbands go out to work, 
And sometimes that meant a lot of them came over here, you know, to the United States and send money back. So I do, I, I understand why my dad originally came over here to send money to support me, you know, so I get that. Right. So, but I mean, it's, you know, that's, I'm, I'm not in that culture. I'm in this, you know, what's going on now. So I realize that. And I mean, I, and that kind of helped me through not having resentment towards my father. And I do believe my dad watching me as a father, I don't want to say it's, but like, like, I like it, but it's kind of, I don't know. I think he, he's definitely has struggled through the time, through times because he sees what he could have done. Mm, that's deep. So, but, and it's not like a payback. I don't want to say like, but I do feel like you definitely, I'm very cautious about decisions I make just overall as a human being because I do feel like things do come back. And I do see my father right now and I think there's a lot of things with his failed relationships, with me and his, um, basically our relationship as, you know, since I was a little kid, I do a lot of things are just coming back, back, you know, back around. And it's nothing that I'm doing, I'm just doing, you know, me trying to be support my family and raise my kids right and best that I can right. and I do think that my dad that affects him more you know but at the same time I mean you know he's like he's probably one of the most important people in my life I don't really have anybody else here besides my mom in Mexico my grandmother passed away when I was in my early 20s so I mean so I don't hold him forgiven him in a sense how peaceful was it when you actually just let it go rather than holding it because I can understand you know going through something like that would be tough you know and um, being abused would be tougher you know so my dad's still the same okay in a sense still kind of selfish in the way so no, it just I'm just okay. I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's I'm okay with him not if he's there or not. I know that I need him. I know that I want him around, but I just don't I don't you know, I just choose to love him and have mercy on him mm -hmm. and just, you know, that's kinda overall I mean I just I feel like if I hold grudges or if it just you're just imprisoning yourself absolutely so I mean that's just how I, I just it doesn't matter if it's my father or someone else mm -hmm. it's just I just don't like someone having to hold them yeah mentally or physically let me ask you most people that get abused usually end up being someone that abuses someone else yeah. so my question for you is you being abused how did that help you to become a better father? Uh, whenever I found out that I was gonna have, we were, uh, me and my ex-wife were gonna have Kingston, um, I was pretty much, I was scared. And that was actually one of my things, I was worried. And I wanted a girl uh, because I felt like if I had a girl, it was just a fresh start. I didn't know, you know, of course I was raised as a boy, so I was like, it's just, you know, just a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid I have a boy because I was thinking right. because all I knew is how I was raised as a boy 
Gotcha. So to me, is I just that's when I first went to counseling, and um, and I dealt with my past for the same reason. I felt like, what if I make the same mistakes? You know, what if I just by nature I just you know just genetics or whatever you want to call it right. to where I was just turned out to be. You know, I know that I wanted to do better than what my father did, and but at the same time, what if you know I just I just turn into that. Right. And so I just, you know, I definitely, I'm, you know, I went to counseling and I definitely, that helped me out a lot. And I, this, having, I have three boys. I wanted a girl every time that, I, <laughs> I just wanted a girl, but I didn't, and I'm actually okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely, this is the, the journey that God wanted me to take. And that's just how I look at it. So to me, it's like having Kingston, it's a blessing because I had him and it, and it forced me to kind of like go to counseling because I was afraid to make the same mistakes. Yeah. And so I got, you know, you know, it just helped me out a lot to that, you know, having a boy and just kind of understanding my father more mm -hmm. and overall just, you know, I don't know, it just, it definitely was a good thing yeah. having all boys. You know, most people feel, you know, will feel that you know a person that may go to counseling is weak anyway, I get question. I, I've gotten that okay so my question for you is how did counseling empower you just understand where my pain was coming from so I try I, that's basically it just understand where are my insecurities, where are my angers, my happiness, or just overall everything about me, every type of emotion that I had, just where it comes from. A lot of it just comes from your past, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So that's just overall. I'm very, I don't like things just having control over them. So to me, it's like just with anything, just if I'm having a rough, a rough time, I used to be like, you know, I would go to counseling used to be where I went to the gym and I fixed it or whatever or you know so just like limitless how it came you know nothing, I, nothing that I was doing was getting me out of that funk right and I knew that I wanted to do something for myself because I was just so focused I mean I you know I was working a lot I was just you know my main focus was supporting my family but that took a lot of my time and I just felt like I needed to give myself something and so I mean Awesome. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut this podcast right here. And I'm going to invite you for part two. Okay. Simply because I think there's a lot more to this conversation that we could sit here for a very long time and dive into. Yeah. So let's do that. So guys, I'm going to cut right here. We're going to come back and record um, later on this week. Okay, we'll record um, part two later on this week. So be sure to tune in on all platforms, um, Spotify, Apple, you know the name. So be sure to tune in for part one and I hope you guys enjoy it. So be sure to tune in for part two with the owner of Limitless, Juan Paravis. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> And see ya.